Okay, if you're confused this morning, that's okay. You're just, it's par for the course. We all are. We are getting started and we are, this is um, a not live stream. So we're in Habakkuk. Is anybody, can anybody find that? Yes. Those extra Ks are, I don't it's charge the for those. One before the New Testament. Before Zephaniah. Yeah, it's right in there. We are, this is the last verse we're going to be used. We've been on this for a while on uh, in Sunday school. This is the Amplified, and you know what the Amplified does, don't you? Makes it louder. Anything you amplify makes it louder. The Lord God is my strength. Have any of you reached the end of your rope yet? Because I'm going to tell you something. That's when, literally, when you reach the end of your rope, this is not a joke. You really see who and what God is. When everything's good, we are we can barely pass the test as Christians. When everything gets bad, you can't pry my hands off the gospel. You can't pry my hands off the Bible. You can't pry my hands off my relationship with it's not coming off. Yeah. Has anybody been there yet? Yeah. Okay. Well, let's not forget those days because the Israelites seem to forget it. They seem to get to. They seem to be able to establish that, and in the good times, they were not so great. So, the Lord God is my strength. Amplified says, "My personal bravery." This is the last verse of Habakkuk, and my invincible army. Does God know what He's doing? Yes. You sure? Yes. It don't look like it sometimes. Are y'all sure that God knows what he's doing? Okay. God knows what. Is he shocked by anything that's going on today? No. He's not up there saying, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do now. I didn't figure that was going to happen. No, You don't think God's saying that? You sure? Okay. I just want to make sure. Okay. But this is what happens. Huh? Season four. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're not talking. Second half of five. You're not been, you're not been looking through my window. Okay. So, and my invincible army. He makes my feet like hinds feet and will make me to walk. Now watch this in parentheses. Not stand in terror. What's the whole world doing? Oh no, what are we going to do about this? What are we going to do about that? What are we going to do about this? I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to follow Jesus. It's, I'm, I'm going to come to the same conclusion I did in 1965 when I heard what happens to people who accept Christ and people who reject Christ. I'm going to do the same thing I did in 65. You know what that is? Hang on to Jesus because he is my salvation. He is my invincible army. He is my personal bravery. But now watch this. As we walk in this, this is what happens. This is a fruit of what the first part of the verse says. He makes my feet like hinds feet and will make me to walk, not stand in terror, but to walk and to make spiritual progress upon my high places. Watch this. Of trouble, suffering, and responsibility. Has anybody in here ever had any trouble? Anybody going through anything right now? Come on. All right. Me too. But guess what? In the middle of that, I don't have to stand still in terror, but I can walk and make spiritual progress. Second thing, 
of trouble, suffering. In this life, there's trouble, isn't there? And some of you guys, I, I'm not going to get into it. You're suffering. You're facing surgery. We're looking at health situations. There's things going on, guys. But he is our strength. Or some of us still have a responsibility. We all have some responsibility, right? But some of us, I'll give you an example. I go to work sometimes, and I walk in the door, and I say, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I don't know. How, we've got this amount of stuff to do this amount of work. How are we going to do that? That's not good English, but that's the truth. How are we going to do that? Because do that don't work, okay? Because it don't equal, but I want to tell you something. God has a way to take what we give him and do amazing things with it, doesn't he? Well, now go to Matthew, because all this makes so much sense when you put it together. It's all really one book, don't worry about it. Okay. Is there one God, one Holy Spirit? Yes. One Son. Yes. He knows what he's doing. So, Matthew 14, this is what happened. Jesus is, and we were in the parables last week, and we'll probably go back to them at some point. But Jesus is causing quite a splash. Let's just say it like that. He's healing people. He's making people mad. He's making people glad. He's raising people from the dead. And this first 14 chapter, I mean, we've seen it. He's making them mad about their religiousness, right? Because they, I can't believe you picked that off. You healed somebody on the Sabbath. You know, is that right? We've talked about it for weeks, okay? I guess years at this point, but anyway. But the point is, they couldn't figure out. He couldn't be the Messiah because he don't look like they want him to look. He's not doing what they want him to do, are they? He's not. They, so they can't accept him. It don't fit their plan. Does life sometimes, you hit a place, I was thinking about it as I was studying this, does life sometimes hit you in a place and you go, what? What? And we just read from Habakkuk, what he says is, listen, as I depend on him, as I give it to him, he will give me that strength. He will give me that faith. He will, but watch this, guys. It don't look like we thought it's going to look, does it? But watch this. So since it didn't fit what they wanted to fit, Herod, because he knows everything, he's so smart, he said to his servant, this is John the Baptist. He's risen from the dead. Now, I want you to think about that. He had him killed, okay, because of, of his wife or what, whoever it was, his wife's daughter, you know, and they cut his head off, and now he's worried about him coming back. So sometimes the world will say, well, that can't be, that can't be Christ. That can't be Jesus. Yeah, I see this. I see that. But it just can't be because it doesn't fit my comfort zone. Because it might make me do something else. It might make me take other action. So he is gone. John the Baptist is gone. And John, remember, John's, and we've talked about this. Well, I'll do it real quick. His place, number one, was Jesus' cousin. He loved him as a man. Okay? 
but his position in the kingdom was he was preparing the way. And I love the scripture, guys. John 3 and 30, and this is how I got here this morning because I was praying, and I, I this is my scripture today. What's happening in John 3 and around 22? Jesus has got his ministry over here, and John the Baptist has got his ministry over here. And guess what? John the Baptist is saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is now. He's baptizing for what? The remission of sin. He's baptizing because the people are confessing their sins. He's baptizing them. But his baptism, think about it, is for something that's coming. He is always pointing ahead. He points ahead of Jesus. Jesus has him baptized. You know the whole story. But watch this. What's happening is Jesus and his disciples over here, they're having camp meetings, for a better word. The people are getting healed. People, are, All kind of things are happening. And John the Baptist is still preaching the same service. He's still doing the same thing. And people are leaving here and going where? To Jesus. I want to tell you something. Anytime that we... You know, people through the years, I've been here 20 years now. Does that seem possible? It does not seem possible because I'm, I'm only 33. But uh, neck size. Anyway, but well, that head size probably. But anyway, but the point be uh, millimeters or something. Okay. I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty European. I'm pretty European. Uh, anyway, so but here's the deal, guys. Literally... You know, through the years, we have had now many, many people, I don't want to use a number because I don't know what the number is. I don't want to exaggerate or make it smaller than it is, that have come here, gotten healed up, and gone into ministry. We have many, many people who have come here and gotten, you know, reintroduced to Christ or brought to the Lord and are now in ministry. And you know, here's the deal. As I, this, yeah, that's real good. Um, and then, but for your ego, it's not so hot. <laughs> but what's this? There arose a dispute between John's disciples and the Jews about purification. And and here's the deal. Now Jesus is baptizing these people, and John answered, "What's this? A man can receive nothing unless it has been given to him from heaven." You yourself bear me witness that I said, I am not the Christ, but I have been sent before him. Now watch these two scriptures. We're at John 3, 29. He who has the bride is the bridegroom, but the friends of the bridegroom who stands and hear him rejoices greatly because the bridegroom's voice, therefore the joy of mine is fulfilled. Here's the theme for this, for this morning. This is what we're talking about today. You ready? He being Jesus. He being Jesus must increase, but I must decrease. I want to tell you guys, I'm convicted. I'm not condemned. As I studied this morning, Actually, this was last night now. Uh, last night, I was listening to some music. I was praying. I was crying out to God. 
I'm convicted. And this is what I'm convicted about. Literally, guys, religion always says, look at me, look at me, look at me. Woo, look at me, look at what we're doing. We got a new, whatchamacallit. We're doing this, we got this, we got that. We're doing this, woo! <laughs> Is that what religion does? Because it turns into a business. And guilty. I'm guilty. And what happens is, yeah, that's our theme song. If, you, if you're picking that up, that's, uh, that's our theme song. We have that playing. Sometimes before long, I'll have a drummer play when I say something. I'm saying, ha! And Jesus said, poop, poop, poop. Anyway, we'll work on that later. But the point being, I guess I could do it with a sound effect. But anyway, <coughs> but here's the deal, guys. Look at what he's saying. He must increase and I must decrease. It's the opposite of our culture. It's the opposite of the way we normally do business. But here's the deal. Last point. But that, you know, when a preacher says I'm about done, it means nothing. Right. You mean that? I mean, we have special dispensation of caffeine and telling when a sermon's going to be over. So it really means nothing. But let's go to this last part of 14. When Jesus heard that John had been beheaded, he departed there by boat to a deserted place by himself. Did it hurt him? I don't think he was confused, but I think he was hurt. Does that make sense? I don't think he was like, oh no, what am I going to do now? And, and even in faith, it doesn't mean when things happen, it's not painful. And guys, I want to tell you something. My desire this morning is for you guys to be there for each other when you go through something. The body of Christ has lost that. Something about phones, computers, uh, working from home. Uh, nobody's going to church anymore. Of course, we've got thousands here this morning. But, uh, of course, because, you know, I'm special. But I'm not that special. But anyway, thousands if you count each cell and each body. But anyway, but the, yeah, we count different than most people. Some people rock. There's a couple of pet chickens here, too, and a couple of goats. But anyway, but what's this. Literally, he got by himself in a deserted place. And when the multitudes heard it, they followed him on foot from the cities. And Jesus went out and he saw a great multitude. And this, listen to this word, he was moved with compassion. He was moved. When we see people walking up down the street, jaw-jacking, living in a tent, do we immediately go to our defense mode that says, well, if they wouldn't do that, they wouldn't be there. If they didn't. And all of that's true, okay, most of the time. But guys, I want to tell you that Jesus is about to raise up a generation of people 
that literally going to stand up again and say exactly what Jesus said. All who are thirsty, come unto me. All ye who are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. As churches, we have put this huge yoke on people. As religion, we have put this on society. He says, take my yoke upon him. What does he say about that? His burden is easy. His burden is light. And we have replaced that with something else. And when Jesus went out, he saw the great multitude. He was moved with compassion and he healed their sick. I was praying with a person last night. I got to be very generic, okay? But I was praying with a person last night, yesterday afternoon, whenever it was, yesterday afternoon. And while I was praying for them, I realized that it was not just their body that needed some help. It was not just their mind that needed some help. It was a multiple problem because there's conflict. How many of you know that a double-minded person is unstable in all their ways? Is that what the Bible says? I don't necessarily love that scripture. Because <laughs> squirrel, look at that squirrel. No, but anyway, yeah, no, but literally, is that the truth? Because I compare it like this. When you're designing something to go through the air or the ground, if you do it like this, it goes through, it goes at an angle, it goes through way easier, right? You ever seen a big square flat aircraft? Because there ain't one, right? It's shaped like this. It's swoopy. It's some kind of, you know, right? Um, but literally, guys, sometimes when we... We know in our spirit things are right, but our mind, it pulls, it flattens out. It flattens out against going where God wants us to go. And it'll be obedient to who, what he's, and here's the deal, guys. Literally, he healed their sick. We have a generation of people. We have a country full of people. We have a world full of people who their mind is set on what can I do for myself? Okay. And listen, that's sin. Selfishness is sin. We want we want to pick on our pet sins. Well, they don't do that right. They don't do that. Listen, being our selfishness is sin. And here's what's the wages of sin? Yeah. Every time. Don't matter if it's a sin that, that I throw off on you or you or you or you. Uh -huh, yeah, you know, but it's still death. The wages of sin is death. But what's the gift? Jesus. Eternal life through how? Jesus. Okay, and I don't, I don't want, we're already living forever, okay? Everybody I'm talking to and here this morning, we've accepted Christ. We're living forever. But who, it's, it's like, uh, I'm not going to quote your dad, by the way, in this service. Because <laughs> I was telling the girls earlier. Me and Dave had a long conversation in the church office years ago. We used to use the church office a lot. We had a lot. I just read his book. What's the name of that book? Called. Called. Yeah. I love that book. Um, and I just read that book, and I was really looking forward to being here. And of course, he was here, and uh, there was nobody else around. And we went back there and had a long talk. It was a beautiful talk. It was. 
your dad went from here, I already greatly respected him to, you know, through the roof. But anyway, but Jesus said to them, okay, sorry. He healed their sick. And when it was evening, his disciples said to him saying, this is the deserted place and the hour is late. Send the multitudes away that they may go to the villages and buy themselves food. In other words, we tell people, listen, it's your responsibility. You need to do this. You need to do this. You're just not doing this right. That's why I said, if you follow my three easy steps for 1995, you too can buy my DVD for three easy steps that you can be whatever. Okay, right? All right. Because I'm trying to get some money out of the deal. It's business. Versus, watch this. He says these words. This is what Jesus says. And I'm proclaiming this this morning. It's okay. This roof has been here for 123 years. It will stay. I've, I've jumped up down up there when nobody's looking. Okay. To just testing. Okay. No Pentecost going on here now. Don't worry about it. So watch this. Jesus said to them, they do not need to go away. They had just sent them, say, you need to send them away. You need to send them off so that they can get fed. You need to sit, you need to, you need to tell them to go into town. You need to, you know, it's all about you need to do this. You need to do that. And what did Jesus tell them? What did he tell them? He said, they don't need to go away. You need to give them something to eat. We've been trying to clean people up so they can come to church. I've never caught a fish that, that, that I cleaned first and then caught it. We, that's what we've been doing. We've been saying, oh, if you don't, if you, you know, blah, 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 blah. no, bring, oh, kick the doors of your church open. Every door, come in. Whatever you look like, whatever you don't have straightened out in your life, come in and hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. What he is saying here, he says, you give them something to eat. You, he's talking to his disciples. He's talking to the people that follow him. He says, you give them something to eat. And I'm talking about this on the spirit. Yes, we do need to feed people. We do need to do all that. We do that here, okay? And, but, but, but here's the deal. We're not talking about food, physical food. What I'm talking about, because I want to tell you something. When we get the spiritual side of something worked out, it begins to work on the other two parts of what we were talking about earlier. I'm telling you that in the basis, Jesus walked out. She, okay, let's leave that alone. That'll take me down a way another path. Okay. But Jesus said to them, they don't need to go away. You give them something to eat. And here is the accounting department. The accounting department's important, you know. It's good y'all keep up with what's in your checkbook because it, you know, it's like the little girl told me one time. All you got to do is write a check for it. You still got checks in the checkbook. Well, that don't work like that. Unfortunately, I was a teenager once, and fortunately, I did learn that you can't do that. Now, the mobile app says let's go The mobile app. I don't even know what that is. Okay, so here's the deal. Watch this. They said, we only have five loaves and two fish, which makes total sense, don't it? If we're going to, if we're going to fill up our tank and it, it costs uh, $2.54 a gallon and you're going to buy 10 gallons, that's about $26. If my math is right. 
Okay, if you're gonna buy 20 gallons, it's about $52 or whatever, if my math is right, or, or close, okay? But if you only got a 20 and a five, you probably don't need to fill that up and say, is this enough? Because, yeah. you know, math are hard for some of us. But, but watch this, guys. What they were saying made sense, didn't it? We've just got this fish, that's all we got, okay? So we got, we have only five loaves and two fish. And some of you are thinking as I say this, in Thailand, in Crane, in Springfield, what a mess. And I'm not saying Thailand, so I've never been there, okay, but. We're human, so. Human, thank well, you. They're, they're, you did pretty well guessing. Okay, yeah, human beings. Okay, we can say the same thing about Milwaukee, Wisconsin, yeah. all they, although they do make Harley Davidson's there. Anyway, but the point, the, and evidently there was a song that the beer that made Milwaukee famous, so it's motorcycles and beer. But anyway, but the point, watch this, guys. Watch this. The math makes sense, but then what? What did Jesus say? Bring it to me. Give him what you've got. Give him what you've got. Because we don't do that. We give him something. We give him a little bit of love. Okay, I'm, we're negotiating. I'll go this far. You go this far. This. Listen, guys. God wouldn't let me do that with the ministry. He wouldn't let me do that. He said, Lord, I will, I'll lead the same. I'll have a band and I'll travel, but I, you know, I'll do this. I mean, I, oh, I told him all kinds of stuff I would do, okay, but I wouldn't give him what I had. And uh, it don't work real good. Argue, anybody here ever argued with God? No, I'm serious. I've not won one yet. I mean, and it's not that I'm done. I'm not giving up. I'm still arguing. But I mean, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't won one yet. Moses didn't either. <laughs> well, I could learn from him, couldn't I? Thank you. Reading the Bible. There's, there, thank you. And here's the deal. We have five loaves and two fish. Okay. And I, as I look at this, there's about 5,000 people there. And they're bringing us a Whopper meal. It just ain't gonna work. This ain't gonna work. I bring that before the board and they go, Bruce, we love your enthusiasm, but this ain't gonna work. <laughs> we got 5,000 human beings and they couldn't even have a pinch off of that. But I wanna tell you something. When I've studied this, God stepped out on nothing and spoke it all into existence. And he'll take your nothing, which we consider nothing, but it's a seed, isn't it? It's a seed. I'm going to tell you something. Over time, seeds grow to generations, to generations, to generations, and he, he speeds up the process that makes any sense. He says, bring them to me. He commanded the multitudes to sit down on the grass. Now, every time I read this, I have the same thought. 
let's say there's three hungry people. Okay, three different kinds of people in this bill. One of them says, you ain't going to tell me where to sit. I'm going back to town. You ain't going to, that's legalism. You ain't going to tell me where to sit. You ain't going to divide me up. I'm going to sit where I want to sit. I'm going back to town. If you make me sit, I'm going, I don't like this. This don't fit my flesh. And they went to town. Did they miss the miracle? Mm -hmm. Come on. Did they miss the miracle? Yes. Okay. And then there's the second person who says, this don't make any sense. This doesn't fit. See, the first person doesn't want to be told what to do. But the second person just says, my intellect I've heard they whisper, they're whispering to each other. I think they got a two fish sandwiches. I think they're going, you know, somebody's going to get them. It must be a lottery. Because see, they figured it out in their own, watch it, intellect. Your intellect will mess you up. Yeah. Yours is probably better than mine, but it'll still mess you up. Yeah. No, I'm serious. It will, you can't go by what your brain says. Well, that don't make sense. Read the Bible. If you got the Bible all figured out, you got a little Bible. You got that, is it the Jeffersonian where the guy cuts out everything you don't like? I've thought about that, but it, God wouldn't let me do it. Okay. So, and he goes, well, this doesn't make sense. It just doesn't make sense. I'm just going to take my sack and I'm going to town. I'm hungry anyway. Because anybody here ever been hangry? Yeah. Because, you know, when things, when I don't get what I want and when I want and all that, you know. Get hangry and you're, I'm just going to do what I want to do. That's my grandson. Oh, yeah. Hangry? Okay. So, then the, but the third person, I put myself in the third category. It's not because they're smart. It's not because that they got it all figured out. It's not because they're specifically a very good person. But they're desperate. They're like, you know what? I've been to town. There ain't nothing there to eat anyway. You know, and he's healing people. He's doing, I mean, I'm going to hang around and see what happens. (laughs) Guess what? The people that hang around and see what happens, they're blessed. They get to see God show up. And show out. And is that what happened that day? They were with us. I said, you know, here's the deal. I'll never forget. I had it all figured out. I, I literally did, man. I bought, I had a suit and a tie. And and uh, and uh, I went, got Bible training. And I had, I said, you know, and I was arguing with God. And, you know, and I went there and, and did exactly what he told me. And it was great for me. It was great for went through the process, did all this, all that stuff. And when it was over, I honed the trade. I, I, you know, what God told me to do, I I went in every opportunity and I had it all figured out the way God was going to do it. And guess what he did? The opposite of what I thought he's going to (laughs) do. The opposite. And so, but that's a good thing. He knows what he's doing. And he gave the loaves to the disciples. So what's this? Jesus didn't hand that out. But you think about this. 
Jesus did not hand out that food. His disciples did. Is that what happened? Okay. Now I want to tell you something. You say, well, you know, that was the 12. That was the, listen, you are an ambassador of Christ. You are Christ's ambassador. And when you go there, you represent, okay, you, and and I know I'm, I'm me and Dave, where's, where's PJ? She's not even up here, okay, or down here, I guess. We're, okay, but me and Dave are, Dave Thompson, he does exactly the same thing. He'll take a word and he takes a letter and then he does this. In my brain, it, it's, you said, oh my God, you and Dave think similar? No, just in that area. Okay. <laughs> But watch this, guys. Literally, you re again present Jesus. You present Jesus. And when you take that same word in English, you present, He is present with you. And listen, you have to help people open the box for their present. All that's in that represent, <laughs> and that word drives me nuts. I but it's a tr is it true? Because that's what God's called us to do. That's what His disciples did. And watch this: they gave it to the multitude. And verse twenty, they all ate. They all ate, and were filled. Think about it. They all ate. Okay, let me ask you a question. And I'm going to be very generic here. Do you think there was people in there that might have been gossiping about their neighbor before that started? You think there might have been some guys there looking at the ankles of the lady next to them because that's all that was outside of their outfit. Said, Ooh, those are some good-looking ankles. You think that might have happened? And I, you say, Bruce, you're crazy. No, listen to me. I want you, I'm making a point. You think there might have been a guy there that the night before had drank too much wine or what, whatever. Do you think that might have been there? Did they get to eat? Yes. The gospel is for those of us who need it. Not for those who don't need it. It's for the hungry. Be good because we're running out of bail money here. Okay. <laughs> Be good. Act right. Stay in your lane. And watch this. So they ate and were filled, and they took up 12 baskets full of the fragments that remained. Again, it goes right back to Scripture. Is God enough? Yes. Is he the God who is enough? Is he enough? Do we, can, do we have to fret about that? No. Has he changed his mind? Has he changed his attributes? Has he changed? God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Isn't he? Yes. And he has not changed a thing, guys. And I love this part. Now those who are eating were about 5,000 men. And whoever they brought with them. So you're talking about could be... 7,500 or 14,000, or it could be as many. I mean, who knows? There were 5,000 men. You know, when I was in my 30s, when me, when our family went somewhere, there were six of us there where we went. You know, we wasn't leaving nobody behind. 
So, and sometimes they brought a stray with them. So, you know, that's why we had that big pretty van. Yeah, some of y'all remember that. But no, those who were eaten were about 5,000 men besides the women and children. And I want to tell you something. Think about this. He did all of that with what was available. And guess what? You are the one who is available. You represent him. And he will bless what you give to him. Father, thank you so much for these folks. We've run out of time. And God, your grace is sufficient. You're the God who is enough. And I pray, Lord, that you take this little nugget, Lord, this morning. That you would increase and we would decrease. And that would be our heart, oh God. We love you. We give our lives to you, God. We give our past to you. Some of some people watching this morning on this live or on this tape, you need to give your past to Him right now. Just give it to Him, because that's not where you are anymore. Give Him your present, and then trust Him for your future. And the Bible says all things are working together for the good of them that are called that love him and are called according to his purpose. And that's you this morning. If you're here and you're listening, he loves you. Amen. God bless you.